three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher Chua. So how are you doing, Ben? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. Doing better. Good. Good. Better. Is I feel good. like it's been a minute since since I've seen you. It probably has been what six months or something. Something like that. Yeah. Wait. Well, I saw you back in June, right? Is that six months? It's close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, close enough. Yeah. But how was the uh, how was the Halloween party? It was great. It was fine. Nice. Um, Piper did a really good job. She carved her own, she drew, drew a pumpkin and carved it herself. It was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I got most of what I needed to get done for today. And I was like, you know, I signed up for this Uber thing. So let me, let me try it out. So I went to drive Uber for the first time. Oh, right I picked, on. Yeah. I picked up two different groups of people that were uh, going to separate parties. And I was like, oh, okay. Like the second group was like, yeah, going to a party tonight because Halloween's on Thursday. So it's like right. most people won't be going to party just for, for that to go back to work the next day. Absolutely. Cool. But yeah, uh, I actually had to take a couple of Ubers myself not too long ago. Oh, you did? I had to get my car fixed. So what it was super convenient. It was really nice. It, it crapped out on me on the way to work. So it was like mm. three in the morning and I had to get a tow truck to come. And then I had to get an Ooh. Uber from the, the place I got it repaired. Yeah. Was that your first time riding Uber? Yeah, not my first time, but it's been a long time since I've had to. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I guess you're probably wondering why why I've got you on here or what the heck I'm trying to do. What the heck are you trying to do? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know you, um, I don't know if you remember, but I, I've talked about before when we were working together about like just having dialogue like this in open form. Everybody seems to be doing podcasts, but... Um, I thought this would be a good way to highlight people that I know and just kind of get a sense of like who they are and what, what their background is. Like basically, how did you get to where you're at now? And uh, being able to share that with people would probably help them navigate whatever they're going through in life. Interesting idea. I like that. So uh, I've been starting the conversations in this way. Um, who do you say you are? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I admit to nothing. No, gotcha. um, it's such a it's it's such a changing and ephemeral concept. Um, although it's funny, it reminds me of a joke I mm-hmm. heard not too long ago. Um, a man is traveling in India and he's trying to find uh, a guru to find enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And he, he meets up with this this guy and, and he says, I, "I really need to tell me how to how to how to achieve enlightenment." And, and the guru says, "Look, all you need to do is sit down in front of a mirror." And ask yourself, who am I? Over and over again, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Over and over again, an hour every day, and you will guaranteed achieve enlightenment. And this guy's like, eh, okay, yeah, that seems a little, little too easy. Um, <laughs> so he, he keeps walking, and he meets another, another guru. He says, I can, I can absolutely lead you to enlightenment, but you have to give up all your worldly possessions. Mm-hmm. and come live with me at my ashram and I'll put you in charge of the barn where I keep my cows and you'll take care of the cows. It's like, okay, well, okay, yeah, hard work. That sounds good. I'll, I'll try that. Yeah. So he's, he's shoveling cow poop and he's cleaning the barns out and he, he does this faithfully, he follows all the instructions he does it for five years 
and he's finally like, okay, look, I don't think I'm enlightened yet, but I'm ready. What do, what, what do I have to do? He said, okay, you've worked with me for five years. All you have to do is sit down in front of a mirror and ask yourself, who am I? Over and over and over for an hour. And you're guaranteed to achieve enlightenment. And he's like, what? The first guy I talked to said that very same thing. Why have I been shoveling cow poop for five years? And the guy says, well, that's easy. It's because you're stupid. <laughs> Oh jeez. Yeah, so um who 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 do I say that I am? Um uh, it's a funny question. Um I'll tell you, I recently had a conversation at work about where I wanted to go in the company, and I've never actually had anyone ask me that before. Mm-hmm. Um because I have essentially just followed the path that was set in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um I take the opportunities as they come up and I end up following the the, the weird journey that I've taken to get to where I'm at. Um, Part of me thinks that um, the path of least resistance is uh, the most natural approach to whatever it is that's going on. Um, Part of me thinks that I'm just lazy. (laughs) (laughs) It might be both. I don't know. Um, Why do you say that? Why do I say which which part that I'm lazy that, or the, the path of least resistance? Right. So I mean, start with the path of least resistance. Is that from past experience or? Um, it, it's probably a philosophical justification for my laziness. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, I, I was reading a um, a book not too long ago that had a just kind of a, a blurb about this idea that in in all of nature. Mm-hmm everything follows the path of least resistance. Um, the, the, the way that trees grow, the way that water moves, the way that animals hunt, it's, they we're always trying to be as efficient as possible. Right. What that actually means is we follow, we, we do the, the easiest thing that we can in the context that we've set for ourselves. Right. Right. So if, if you find it um, unacceptable to lie in bed all day, what's the next easiest thing that you can do? So you essentially set yourself, you set yourself a framework to live within mm-hmm. and you consistently or, or theoretically you consistently will follow that, that path mm-hmm. given the constraints that you've already set for yourself. So essentially you, you establish your own constraints either by choice or by um, habit mm-hmm. or by accepting other people's choices. Yeah. And then you, you experience that, um, you, you make you make choices about your actions based within that framework. That makes sense. And the more, so I assume, the more self-conscious, the self, more self-aware that you are about how that framework is uh, established, mm-hmm. uh, the more you can take conscious control over it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like doing the dishes. Yeah. Uh, I don't always do the dishes at night because that's... I've established a, a, a framework for myself that it's, it's not, it's not a must. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, it's not the most significant thing that I can do with my time. And sometimes just tired and I'll do gotcha. it in the morning. Right. Right. So absolutely. Path of least resistance. If it was something that I couldn't relax unless I took care of it, mm-hmm. 
that then would be my new path of least resistance. Gotcha. Hey, give me one second. Was there a doorbell on your side or on, was oh, that on my that side? Was, yeah, that was my side. That okay, was, gotcha. My, my wife and daughter came home and they she loves to ring the doorbell, even okay. though she can go right in the door. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. She's not actually locked out. She could come okay. in. I didn't know if it was me because I thought I heard something earlier and I was like, maybe I need to run and check before somebody's just hanging out at the door. <laughs> That's hilarious. She may she may barge in here at, at some point to gotcha. introduce herself. But cool. So maybe I should have just asked a better question at the start. So I, man, I think it's a great question. It's okay. Just, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess it, it's kind of, it kind of seems like it's a little loaded. Like oh, absolutely. Um, it. I think I think I'm very cautious about being too rigid with my own identity, mm-hmm. only because. Um, I know that it's it's potentially fluid, and it well, it's inevitably fluid. Right. Um, and or, you know, th- things like I'm I'm not I'm not the job that I have. I'm not my hobbies. Right. I'm not my personality. I'm something completely separate from that. And and there may not be words to describe what it is. I don't know. Gotcha. So I, I mean, okay. So maybe help me work back a little bit. So take me from where you are now and kind of like how you got there. Okay. Um, well, working backwards is, is interesting. So um, I am in a situation where I don't have any roots. I don't, I mean, uh, I've been for the last, what, five, maybe six years, I've been renting houses, moving from job to job. I haven't moved that, that much, but it's, you know what, people can, can end up moving every six months. But mm-hmm. um, I left my home in Minnesota to come down to Louisiana. And then from Louisiana, I moved to Georgia, just following my work. Um, I don't think that um, my wife and I owned a house in Minnesota, but we never really, um, it was, it's probably the place that we have the, the, the deepest roots, but it's still that, that sense of people calling like, Oh, this is my home. This is where I'm from. I don't have a place where I'm from really anymore. Okay. Uh, What, what was it before like this little transition in uh, Minnesota? I was in Minnesota for a good 10 years. Okay. And before that, I was in, well, maybe even more than that, 2002. Yeah, so 13, 13, 14 years or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Before that, I grew up in upstate New York. So I lived okay. in, in New York for my adolescence through through to age 18, and then I went to school in Minnesota. Right. So that was that's kind of how I ended up um, in the Midwest. Gotcha. Uh, I guess. went to school thinking I was going to go into physics. Mm-hmm. At least that was the idea. And for, for a while, I didn't actually really want to go to college. Mm-hmm. It was a weird thing to think about. I had, some, I had some smarter friends than me. Like, that's ridiculous. You absolutely need to do that. <laughs> but I didn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily something that I assumed that I would do. Um, but man, it was, it was absolutely, just looking back on it now, it was, it was absolutely a silly thing to even consider. Um, I think I was, I was entertaining kind of a, a, a radical, um, contrarian phase i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't want to be i didn't want to be led I, didn't, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to make my own path or whatever that meant right. but uh, looking at it in hindsight that that given the opportunity to do it it was it was a no-brainer it was absolutely mm-hmm. something i should have done mm-hmm. but i intended to go to physics i didn't do that at all i went into music um, yeah. so i was a, a musician for 10 years in uh, the minneapolis area i did a lot of teaching i did a lot of performing um and then uh, I ended up taking a temp job. I'll take a couple things here and there. I was I worked as a used car salesman for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. And then I, I took a, a job. It was supposed to be six weeks just over the winter as mm-hmm. a um, 
a training coordinator for a project on a nuclear plant. Mm -hmm. And it was like my second or third day. And the project manager said, you know, we're going to need you to stay on for the rest of the project. And I said, well, how long is that? It's like, oh, two years. So I went Mm -hmm. from a six-week job to a two-year job. Yeah. And at that point, everyone who I was involved with working there, they're all like, look, this industry is going to be amazing for you. You can take this as far as you want to take it. Mm -hmm. So it was absolutely just this happy accident that, um, that I got involved and I was living in a town that had a nuclear plant. That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So then I just worked my way through all these different uh, administrative things and some technical stuff and procedure writing. I had a procedure writing certification for uh, nuclear procedures and then mm-hmm. uh, I ended up in the welding department in Louisiana, mm-hmm. kind of became a, a, a welding engineer with, with uh, just essentially just picking up, learning the things that I needed to know to do the job in front of me. Right. And I, that, that's always been uh, my a really advantage that I've had is that um, I, I really enjoy learning new things. And so I'm faced with a task. I'm going to put everything I've got into trying to figure out how to make it work or how, right. to, how to understand how to do it. And so it was just, you know, people would just set problems in front of me and I would just keep going. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the condensed version of how I ended up. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, let's see. so, I mean, like at, out of all those, um, like, Growing up, like going from New York to Minneapolis, like, is there nothing within like that first 18 years of your life that you feel like you're grounded to? Or, I mean, you've already spent more like close to that amount of time outside of your childhood to where I guess the, the roots, like you said, don't really apply as much anymore. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it feels. I, I didn't really feel connected to that place particularly. Okay. Um, I went back with my family last last Christmas mm-hmm. um, for a week or so. And it was, it was nice to see, you know, my parents are still there. It was nice to visit, and, but um, there, there's no, there's no connection there. And gotcha. I think, I think about that and it was, it was kind of a, I think isolated is too strong a word, but it was a very, a very um, kind of independent uh childhood that I had you know we visited our cousins and our our mm-hmm. aunts and uncles and stuff and um so the extended family was there but it yeah. was never no nobody was local yeah so I, I didn't okay. have I didn't have family close beyond yeah. beyond my parents okay uh, my brother and sister are a lot older than I am mm-hmm. so they they took off and had their own lives too mm. um so it's almost like you grew up as an aunt like even though you have siblings, it's almost like you grew up like an only child. So you Very, just had to like yeah. figure things out with the people around you. And then whenever you guys get together for like family get together, it's just like, oh, okay, that that's cousin so-and-so. This like by the time you get to the end of the line, it's like, what's your name again? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It, it's it's not like I, I call up my cousins and say, oh, hey, how are you doing? Right, I, right. Not really part of part – of, uh, how I proceed through the world. And I, I have made some, some lifelong friends that I know will, will follow me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. I might not see them for years. Right. Or six months. <laughs> or six months. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. Gotcha. But, and I know it's, it's some, some people have a very different experience with that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about one colleague that I worked with in Louisiana and he's getting job offers to go other places. And he really has to look at those seriously because he may not have a local job right now. I think he's commuting to Houston mm-hmm. from it's like a three hour drive because he really just absolutely does not want to leave home. Yeah. 
he's got his his family, his 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 land, his his house. It's it's just he's not he doesn't ever want to leave. Right. But I, I guess I just I've never felt that. So yeah. So I mean, like with with not feeling those deep roots, is that something that you're trying to get back to now? Like having a family of your own, or are you just are you trying to build your own roots, or just like teach your child, hey, just kind of go with the flow of what life brings to you. Like, don't get hung yeah. up on the small stuff. I think, I think it, I think I've, I've tried to kind of establish the idea in my own mind that, that, uh, that your roots in your home is not tied to a particular place mm. or it doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that I would, I would love for the, for the next 10 years of our lives to be traveling all over and, and, seeing the world and going different places and, and not worrying about whether or not there's a home, there's like a physical place that we have to go back to mm. uh, that we can, we can float as it were. Gotcha. So, Makes sense. Yeah, I think that, that seems appealing to me. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned before with um, where you're at now working in um, engineering um, and the new opportunity that's kind of presented itself. Is that something that you look forward to or kind of like a, a happy surprise? It, 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 it was another one of those things that just kind of worked out really well. Um, I'd been thinking about doing a project management certification for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, since I, since I got into the industry, because I worked with a, a really excellent project manager, mm-hmm. really inspiring. And I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds like an awesome thing to do. Right, uh, the combination of leadership and motivation and technical and business knowledge, just seeing all these different parts come together and, and having a, a strong team. Yeah, he was he was awesome and super inspiring. Yeah. And so I I had, I had thought about pursuing this thing for a really long time, and I've been putting it off and putting it off, just generally because it's it's kind of spendy to go through all the process of getting certified and taking the test and doing all the studying and all the stuff. But it worked out that um, my wife has one of her degrees from a university in Vermont. And they sent mm. us an email that's like, hey, we've got this new online program we're starting for the first time. Mm. And it's 50% off. And I'm like, yeah. what? I can't, I can't turn that down. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? I'd like you to meet my friend Asher. Hey, Pepper. Mm-hmm. Are you getting ready for bed? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I will. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning, okay? I love you. I can't wait for breakfast. Yes. Oh, weekend. <laughs> it's the weekend. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, good night, y'all. <laughs> that's that's my daughter. She's awesome. Cool. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. That's been the best thing that's happened to me for sure. Um, and I think the the other the, the um, I feel like we've been really successful parents. I think so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has she has her struggles. We have our struggles and all this stuff. But I think we've we've been able to spend a lot of time kind of really concentrating on the kind of parents that we want to be mm-hmm. and having the emotional space to ensure that we show up for that. Um, I'm proud of that. That's good. Yeah. That's something I, That's I like to start. Endeavor. What's that? That's definitely a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. That's so definitely I mean, something that I, I'd like to strive towards. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also super lucky that my wife has a background in child development and psychological yeah. development because, um, had I not known about some of the things that she enlightened me to, um, 
it's a very it's a very different experience you know remembering that you know uh, a child's emotional development is it takes a long time we're not fully our brains aren't fully formed until we're like 25 right so i i see i see um parents and they're and interacting with their kids and and it's like um if the communication is is technically happening but there's actually no communication happening you know kids mm-hmm. are in distress and and freaking out about something or is tired and or hungry and right. the parents are exhausted and they're shouting at their kids. And it's, right. Right. It, it's painful to, to watch the, that just kind of breakdown of, of human interaction. Mm. Um, that's a, yeah. that's a good point. I, I feel like I've been looking into that a lot more recently, um, kind of dealing with the disc assessment. A lot of the people that I, I talk to kind of talk about this assessment because it's, it's a good way to understand how people communicate differently. And a lot of times we, we just think that just because you speak the same language, say English, that <laughs> yeah. things will be understood. But for us working on a construction site with like people from different backgrounds and especially like craft guys or people from other yeah. countries, like you quickly notice that like English isn't the same English. And it's like, wait, you got to run that word back by me again. Like, yeah. And, that, and even, even beyond just the words, the the expectations and the the nonverbal communication and the implications or, or insinuations of uh, all that stuff, it's it's uh, it's very complicated. And we think that we've expressed information, and right. it absolutely has not been it's not been understood. And and um, we forget. I think I think one of the big things is we forget what we know, mm. and we assume that the person we're talking to also knows what we know. Right. Right. Yeah. It, what's funny is that I, I've been reading um, this book. It's like a daily motivational book. Just like every every day you, you have um, today's date, a topic, and then it has like a little short story. And today was talking yeah. about um, basically parents teaching their kids. And it tells you this, this short story where this dad gets frustrated at his child. That's maybe like 10 or 12. And he's just like, why don't you just grow up? <laughs> and then there's like a yeah. pause it's like there's a moment of pause and then um the little kid he's just like bawling he like finally like clears his eyes or whatnot he's like i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to grow up like what do you want from me and it's just like in that moment of frustration they just like the dad's getting mad because the kid's not doing what he wants him to do but then like the kid's yeah. getting mad because he can't figure out how to do what his dad wants him to do and it, it yeah, just talks like, about yeah it's like shouting at a plant yeah like it's not going to make it go faster but uh, i mean to to that point i think somebody said i'm sure they've done a study on it where like people do shout at plants like in a controlled environment and they see like how that's going to affect its growth and then versus playing like classical music to it or, oh like, yeah i've, I've heard death, about that. death metal or something like that and it's like you really got to be careful about what you you feed um a plant and it's like if that happens to a plant like how much more a child and like for me i like it's strange kind of always seeing it from the outside looking in and it's I try to just keep my mouth closed when it comes to people and their kids because I was like I don't have kids so let me not put it in my two cents but if I can be of any help like I try to help but otherwise it's like hey like people get really defensive Mm. about how they raise their kids and there is very little training or education available (laughs) Nobody right. knows what they're doing. Right, Nobody right. Knows. They or or they 
they justify their own childhood by what their parents did. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the standard. This is how you raise kids. Right. You know, I'm doing it how my parents did it. And I, and I think, man, well, you, you turned out a little messed up. You want to try something else? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, is that, it's that kind of like trial and error where it's like some, like some things work out where you're like, okay, this happened to me. Maybe I don't do that. But um, I heard someone say, like there's certain there's certain things that you don't want to take away from your kid to where right. like they're able to be formed. But recently, it seems like a lot of people that have had they've kind of basically had the struggles and like the danger taken away from them. It, it seems like it's turned into this like you have over coddled children where like as soon as you're met with like an aggression or something, you're like, oh, geez, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't like this. And it's like, well, the majority of the world is, it's like, that's a rough place. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to be in bad shape. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely a theme. Um, people have discussed at length. Um, gotcha. Yeah. There's, there's an emotional resilience that has to be learned really early on. Mm-hmm. And there's probably no silver bullet to do it, but yeah. there are certainly ways to, um, destroy someone's emotional resilience early oh, on yeah, yeah yeah i feel like i've I've, so, I've somewhat seen that and it's just it's just a scary thing because i mean you have i don't like i don't like to pull stats and i, I don't know any of my off my mind but it's like sometimes you have the people that are like systematically broken and they never recover but then you have some people that are like very strong-willed and like although somebody may be like trying to break them at every step of the way, they find a way to kind of like break out and just be like, like it, this ends with me sure. type deal. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and uh, absolutely. That's, that's a, a legitimate, um, I guess you call it a trait. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something that you necessarily learn. Um, the, the, the term grit gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it, it can get, uh, misapplied in some contexts maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, i mean to that same point i i originally when i i had the idea for the podcast I, I wanted to ask something along the lines of like hype and hustle like hustle being um like your daily work like what it takes to just like in and out when you clock in clock out like mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about just like that everyday work and I asked it to one of my friends that I I recorded one of the first few episodes with. And when I said hustle, he was like, well, in my world as a barber, like, like whenever you hustle, it kind of means like you're taking the shortcut. So like you could be, Mm. you could be hustling. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think about it like that. So maybe, maybe I need to drop that altogether because it's like, if you call it like hustle, grit, grinding, like work, whatever, it's like, it seems that there's a certain group of people that maybe use that terminology to um, like for motivation or something. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm on my hustle. I'm on my grind. I'm on like on my yeah. daily work. Other people, they're doing the same thing, but they're not necessarily saying it. It's like, like yourself, you just get up and you go to work because it's like, that's what you know to do. That's, that's the expectation. And you say, I'm going to meet my expectations and right. maybe I don't need to announce it to the world. Like, Hey, look, let me let me take a picture. I'm at work. Hey, look! Yeah, it's yeah, like no, you work. can't. No, it's like you, you you're not in the environment that allows you to do that because like it's very regimented and it's like okay, 
you're not, you don't just have the duty to yourself and your family, but the people that you're essentially supporting. And like, once you're not there, like those people suffer in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's true. There's, there, um, there's a concept that, that bounces around my head about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are, uh, it's it's an interesting distinction to make. Um, we I think people talk about like what what would you do if if either like no one was watching you or what what do you do like that that kind of um, I guess in, a, in an ethical framework like what is what are you willing to do or not willing to do even if there's no chance that you'll ever get caught right there's there's kind of an intrinsic um, concept and then there's also just uh, um, folks who are, are doing, making whatever decisions or, or doing whatever behaviors it is purely for the, the consequence, the reward of whatever it is. Right. Right. And it, it could be, it could be money. It could be respect. It could be um, taking care of your family, whatever it is. It's not saying that one is better or worse, um, yeah. but understanding kind of what, what's driving you, what, what does get you going and motivated every day. Right. Was that something difficult for you to find or have you always it, kind of had something to push you? It wasn't after I had a kid. Hmm. <laughs> um, there's, there's a, there's a really big, there's a really big aspect of my um, perspective that looks at kind of the future of humanity that I'm participating in and being being a parent that i that I, the being the, the parent that i want to be is is part of that mm -hmm. you know i have this this one and eight billionth percentage responsibility mm -hmm. to um to kind of raise the standard or, or at least be better than than my parents were yeah uh, just just to keep it, everything moving and there's no guarantee that um anything that i do is going to matter um but I'd like to think that we're all interconnected enough that um, the, in, the impacts are there, even if I never see them. Mm -hmm. So I tend to, I tend to keep that in mind, yeah. even though it's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's fundamentally abstract. I mean, at some point the sun's going to expand and, and fry the planet, <laughs> but at least while I'm here, you know, there's yeah. a, maybe it's just a biological imperative or maybe it's just a, uh, a philosophical exercise. I don't know. Gotcha. But I mean, that that's a good point that you make that distinction that although I guess as many people like to call it like an apocalypse or some like um, disaster event happens, like yeah. although that could happen, that's not where your focus goes and you don't want to just want to throw. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like in your life, you have immediate things that you need to tend to and you understand the importance of those. Right. And there are long-term consequences for all our decisions that we may never know. Yeah. Uh, certainly getting hung up on those. I, I, I only really talk about, you know, that kind of, um, the, the, the chance that humanity could collapse entirely kind of tongue in cheek only in mm -hmm. that it's, it's probably the worst thing that could happen to us. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot more pressing concerns than whether the next asteroids are going to take us out or not. <laughs> Right, right. He's like, well, I guess we got hit, so let's figure out what to do from here. I mean, uh, if you ask a geologist, they'll tell you we're due for another um, mass extinction. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. <laughs> Is I don't know. Maybe there's there's some people. Maybe I I may need to uh, work up the nerve to talk to them because it's. Uh, did you use Facebook back in the day when it was for college students? 
or like before um, it became like big to the public or MySpace even? When did I start? Probably, I want to say 10 or 12 years ago, I got my account started. Okay. But I still don't, I don't use it very much at all. Gotcha. I, I haven't, I haven't opened that app in a year. Okay. Well, you're not, you're not missing out on too much, but the, the one reason I brought that out, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, like perspective yeah. and whatnot is all relative. But the reason I brought that up is because um, every now and then, especially I think it was MySpace back in high school or middle school, was that it was a way for you to personalize um, your information and kind of put it out there. And then every now and then you would get some random ad where it'd be like, oh, um, if you like like you've got to pick between two people, like who do you like or who do you think is more attractive? Because like the way they goat you into it is like, oh, somebody said that they ranked you on the scale. So you're like, oh, I wonder who, who voted me. But anyways, oh. like one of those things would be like, okay, click this to figure out the day you're going to die. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> like if it happens, let it happen. But like, I don't know how well I would respond to saying, okay, like the date is this, like you got five years or you got 10 years or whatnot. It's like for some people that would like really push them. And it goes back to yeah. what you said about the ex- strength and motivations versus intrinsic yeah. and a lot of times it's, it's just that if you don't understand what really drives you then you can get hung up on the small things that don't really matter yeah uh i came across a i don't know if you're familiar with victor frankel i've heard the name but i, I don't think i've read his like specific he, material he was a, a psychotherapist who was also in auschwitz mm. and he survived uh, that's that's where I know him from, right, right. So he wrote a book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, and he, he, he talked about how important it is that we uh, create meaning and, and it's kind of the, the primary motivator for human, human accomplishment is, is this idea that we, we create the meaning and, uh, right. of, our, of our lives and our actions and, and all that stuff. And one of the things that stuck with me was his, his, a quote about living your life as though you've already lived it once and failed, and this is your second chance. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's still, that stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, it's heavy. That's, it's a heavy thing to think about. But we often, we often engage in that kind of like, oh man, if I could go back and do it again, this is what I would do. And, mm. and if, we really, if we really admit it to ourselves, we already know. Right. We already know what, what we do is either life-affirming or not. We, right. we already have right. an intuitive sense. But um, to be assessing every moment or every conversation or every action that we're doing on a daily basis, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. You know, to have the, have the emotional uh, resilience, the emotional fortitude to be able to approach it at, in that level, mm-hmm. it's heavy. But then I also uh, read a, about a guy um, – James Altucher comes up um, and he talks about only focusing on improving 1% every day Mm -hmm. and then improving 1% every day, every day compounds enormously very quickly. And that was his whole point. Like you don't need to change your entire life in one go. You don't need to make a grand revolution because it's probably not sustainable, Mm -hmm. but you know, you balance those two things and see where you end up, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Um, What, one thing I, I wanted to bring up is that I know you have the uh, the nickname the Red Wizard. Can you tell me the story behind that? <laughs> it's it's a uh, it happened purely by accident. Uh, I know you and I were having a conversation. Yeah, and um, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but there's a there's an a, a really old video game called Gauntlet, mm. and 
it had four characters. It was like a um, elf, a barbarian, a Valkyrie, and a wizard. And it, okay. was, it was one of one of an early early multiplayer arcade game right. where it's essentially just a, a dungeon crawler, or whatever. And uh, the 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 notifications or the alerts are this is this disembodied voice saying like, "Oh, Red Wizard needs food badly." And so, <laughs> I, for some reason, that always that I just had this this humorous thing in the back of my head. And so. I was just going to get up and get some food. And for yeah. some reason, I just said that. Gotcha. Everybody got, kind of leapt on it. Like, oh, yeah, Red Wizard. Gotcha. So, because you're redheaded. With me. Just, it was purely by silly chance. Gotcha. So, Which, this is a rare... But, I mean, that this is a rare case where you nicknamed yourself. Because I guess just... I did. I, I certainly <laughs> didn't mean to. I was right. not like, hey, this should be my nickname. Right, but, right. Because you know. I've seen somebody try that before. That was there a few years before you, and everybody's like, no, we're, <laughs> we're going to give you a nickname. Don't worry. It's like, no, yeah. no, we're, we're not going to use that. Yeah. But that's cool. I like I like that. You're keeping everything, like, short, short and succinct. Um, <laughs> has, this, has this been of any value to you? It's it's always fun to to get an opportunity to reflect and and uh, and talk about talk about yourself, I guess. Gotcha. I I mean that that's that's kind of why I wanted to reach out to you, and that's why I appreciate speaking with you because you you seem very reflective, and I just well, see that. You, yeah. Ten years ago, I would have really valued conversations like this a lot because mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my life just completely uncertain, having okay. no idea what what i needed to do or how i needed to get there and it was it was a very slow process of just accepting that uh nobody knows right Um, that's a scary thought for me initially it was but then it's like okay it's kind of comforting so whenever somebody seems so certain about something it's like well maybe just let them have that certainty but not take it on to myself it's a, it's a, as a, a younger musician, that was a, an exceptionally challenging thing to, to take on because it always seemed like, you know, when I was like 15, um, working really hard at, at being a musician and, and I had to, it was one of those things where I had to essentially did dedicate a huge amount of time mm-hmm. to this one particular goal. And I really had no idea whether it was it was a, a worthy goal or something that I really wanted to do, but it was something I was good at, and that mm-hmm. was that was kind of the the only attraction that I had. Hey, there's this thing that I'm good at. Let's see right. what happens. Right. And consistently, I would come across people who you know started three years earlier than me, or mm-hmm. oh, I I knew this is what I wanted to do for my life since I was eight. And mm-hmm. so when you've got something that takes so much dedication and so much energy to perfect. Yeah. Um, you're never going to be, it, 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 it seems as though you're never going to find yourself in that position of being number one at anything. Mm-hmm. And that just, you just have to accept, okay, well, that's, that's the way it is. Right. Um, and so I spent a lot of time chasing something that I, I could not achieve. And mm-hmm. um, I, looking back on it, people had given me advice, which had I taken, mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably would have ended up in a different place, but um, I couldn't hear it. And yeah. that was, that was the big thing. You know, you got all these, these really wise people saying, yeah. Hey, I really want to help you. I want, I really want you to succeed. I really want to see great things. Right. And I had this framework that was so rigid, that was so fixed yeah. that I yeah. couldn't, um, I couldn't see myself anywhere else. And that was a limitation on my, uh, imagination. That right. was, that right. was my own self-imposed, um, limitations rather than anything else. Gotcha. So, I mean, and I know you said 10 years ago, you could have used this information. Was it 
um, did you just end up having to take the 10 years to kind of figure out like, okay, this isn't working. Let me try something else. This isn't working. Let yeah. me try that. And it's, it's um, when, when you're, when you're putting your energy into something that just doesn't work, it's disheartening mm-hmm. on an existential level. Like what, what are you contributing? What are you doing? How are you, you yeah. know, it, it can be for a certain personality type. It can be uh, very challenging. Yeah. Uh, and some people don't seem to be bothered so much by it, or at least they don't let on. You know, a lot of people will not tell you their deepest fears or <laughs> concerns of their lives. And they're just like, oh, I just do my thing. Everything's great. Yeah. And <laughs> it could be deep down that they're, they're struggling like crazy. They, they don't right. know that they don't know what their own self-worth is, or they don't know what they're, if they're going to even make it another 10 years. It's mm-hmm. a good so it, it was a it was a weird journey, and I still sometimes feel a bit of regret uh, yeah. in terms of feeling like had I known more, then yeah. I would have been this much farther along in some other new career that I'm not going on. Gotcha. Uh, it's just a very windy path. At least it has been for me. Right, and I, I mean that's like you you said a couple of things before where um, you said had you had the information, it would definitely have helped you, but yeah. maybe where you were at the time i don't know if i'm mixing two things together so stop me if i am but where you were at at one point in your life it's like somebody would try to give you advice that would have maybe taken you further but you just weren't ready to receive that information yeah i had i had too much of a a commitment to this one particular identity Mm. you know i i was i had spent so much uh so much energy focused in this one direction Mm -hmm. that um, I couldn't take the blinders off. Mm. I just couldn't, I couldn't hear the, the advice I was, I was getting. And right. I think, and there, there's a, there's an arrogance there in assuming, Oh, you, whatever you have to say for me is either not in my best interest, or you just don't know me well enough to be able to, to, to guide, to guide me or your information or your, your experiences aren't relevant to me. Right. Um, it's, it's a tough, a tough place to be able to be humble enough to say, okay, you, I have to assume one, you're you're speaking out of altruism. You're telling me something that is valuable in a, in in your experience. You right. want me to succeed, and then two, um, understand that their perspective on you is very different than your perspective on yourself. It's mm. a great. That's that's tough. Those both of those things are very difficult to achieve. Right, but they're worth it. I mean, yeah, I think they say only maybe like. One percent of the world actually does that, like answering those questions about themselves where everybody else either ponders on them from time to time, but they never like commit to going through the process of like, okay, if this like if I'm faced with this, like how am I going to respond to this versus just going through the motion? Yeah. Yeah. That consciousness, that um, that intention mm-hmm. is uh, it's a tough muscle to grow. I mean, it really, yeah. it really is just, just a thing you have to practice. Yeah. And you don't necessarily know you're doing it right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, I feel like there, there's, yeah, I'd say in short, yes, you're, I definitely agree with you. And, and the other thing would be that, um, like, at least for myself, I, I've been doing personal development um, over like the last three years, like actually joining a community that does that regularly and having people give you tips on, say, how to record videos or, or different things like that. And sure. when it comes to the uh, the awareness piece and being able to have somebody step you through, okay, like 
you're still going to do the work, but like, here's a, a B, C steps that yeah. like focus right here. Like if we're talking about who you are, like talk about like, okay, maybe where are you from or where, like, what is your name? But like without, for me, at least without having like those guidelines, it makes it difficult to where I, I may start on something, but then start looking over at what somebody else is doing. I'm like, oh, like my stuff isn't looking like that. So let me, let me just like, if I'm making a sandcast, let me just like squish it and then like yeah. go and try to do something else. And then next thing I know, oh, this person has like a three foot tall castle and it's like, you need to stop looking over there for one. Cause that's not right. going to help you anymore. And then for two, you need to really um, do like, you need to really spend some time with you to understand like what you're about and what you need to um, do to like be a better version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. I think there's, there's one thing that I also, um, I try to remind myself is that I, I tell myself never conform. Mm. Um, and I think it reminds me that it's so easy especially if you're in a community uh, that you see the same people every day, yeah. it's very easy to fall into kind of the, the social, um, the social middle ground as it mm. were. It's right. very easy to end up just, this is how everyone behaves. This is how everyone talks. This is how everyone is. Yeah. And um, I think there's something really important about uh, ensuring that you give yourself the space to just be, whatever it is that you want to craft out of yourself gotcha. that, that uh, being very vigilant for any, any um, conformance for it. And I don't, and I, I, I don't mean that we have to all be nonconformists. Mm -hmm. It's only that you, you, you need to be conscious of what influences you're willing to accept and which ones you're not. And the right, only way you can right. do that is if you're actually paying attention to that. Right. So, you know, you, you pay attention to uh, what humor people use, what, uh, what language people use, how casual they are with, with, uh, with, with violence, for instance, or, or um, it's very easy to just fall into a very uh, comfortable. And we're, 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 I guess we're kind of designed to do that. We're social animals. We, we are, yeah. You're designed to um, be part of be part of our group. Identify yeah. ourselves as the in group, and as much as I think there's a lot of safety and benefit from doing that, to know yourself, you gotta you can't do that at all. Right. <laughs> you gotta give yourself space to understand, you know, what what this this individual is all about. Makes sense. It's complicated. It's messy. <laughs> but I think that's a good point to uh, wrap it up on sure. and. Um, I apologize if I'm fading a little bit. <laughs> no I figured it's like, I, I appreciate the information. It's just my sleep schedule has been a little bit strange, but I'm sure you probably identified like, I don't know why I'm waking up at three o'clock or two in the morning, but yesterday I was up at till midnight trying to get a, uh, a workout and I almost forgot about, but I slept in maybe till five thirty or something like that. But yeah, that's regardless yeah, of the point. We're on pretty pretty weird sleep schedules, I know, that's for sure. Yeah, but I appreciate you being on, Ben. Um, Absolutely. Do you, do you want people to find you anywhere or just I next time? Have, I don't have you any don't do that. people can find me. Gotcha. Like if somebody sees you down the street, you just wave at you and be like, hey, that's what's nice. up? Yeah, that works. That works. Gotcha. Okay. 
I appreciate it. That yeah, definitely, so. I would definitely like to do this again, if that's sure. okay with you in the future, maybe like go to one of your stories and like do a deep dive of like what, what that was like, like as yeah. you're going through like college and you're talking about um, like taking the physics class and ultimately like what leads you to make the, the music decision. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Appreciate you.